<laughs> it's long. It's in black and white. There's no explosions and it's depressing. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Borat 2. I'm Gav. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. Oh, you struggled there, didn't you, without Alex? Yeah, Yeah, okay, so just like Borat 2, we're back and we're very nice. Oh. Hey, if you don't like Borat impressions, you better turn off now. <laughs> episode is probably going to be about 70% Borat impressions. Uh, now, this week's film on channel, as I said before, is the 2020 comedy Borat subsequent movie film. Is it uh, Wa Wa Wee Wa or is it Wa Wa Wee Wee? <laughs> that is terrible. Oh, that is low. That Some is of the worst nice. we've ever seen, yeah. But well done. Well done, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, that's probably the worst one I've ever done. I apologize. I'm sorry. Essentially, we're going to find out if this will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, just to say, it will be a very spoilerific episode. So, if you haven't seen Borat 2 yet, check it out. It is free if you have Amazon Prime, that is. Or if not, it costs around £3.50. Alternatively, you could just trust our judgments or you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us. By me, I think. Is is was it me? Was I was the one who was supposed to write a quiz? Yes. I, I couldn't tell Absolutely. you that much. I just can tell you it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, luckily I have written a quiz. It did take me about like three minutes just before we started recording, but I have written one, so yeah. Anyway, um right, it, that'll start around forty odd minutes, I think, somewhere around there. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Odd Thomas. Uh Ozzy, you judged that trial and you deemed it should be placed on the shit list. The only one of our Halloween horror picks to be placed on the shit list. And look at Dave's sad face. Right <laughs> look at that lip. You had, to, you had to bring that back, didn't you? You had, yeah. to, you had to mention the statistic. I had to, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a stats-driven guy. Uh, Ozzy, why would you do that to Dave? Have you... <laughs> <laughs> he's been winding me up a lot recently and I just uh, <laughs> thought I needed taking down a peg or two is that it? <laughs> essentially yeah I do feel bad about it in all honesty because as far as Halloween films go I thought it was actually quite interesting I think the arguments put to me were were you know were, were very valid from the prosecution side but I can see why it's you know it is a Marmite film but I think it was quite interesting it was more interesting than I was thinking it was going to be and fortunately for me it wasn't a scary film but it was a good premise so yeah i, I actually kind of enjoyed it so i feel bad for him that, I'll, I'll take that i'll yeah. take it <laughs> i do think that you're probably the perfect audience for that film was he you know that sort <laughs> yeah. of like it kind of feels like it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit of a nothing film that just rambles <laughs> along and there's some some interesting things happen yeah like just a few a bit of a mismatch of different different movie types yeah, yeah. it was uh i kind it's, of enjoyed it yeah it was it's sort of like somebody's asked the question, like, what would happen if we remade Hocus Pocus but for mid-30s Tim <laughs> fans? And that essentially is your answer. You get a little eater, don't you, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, on to the bulk of the show. This week is Borat's subsequent movie film. All of the roles have been picked 
out of the hat at random. So acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on their hit list will be Ozzy and Joel. Ozzy is just like Borat's daughter, Sandra Jessica Parker Sagdiev. He looks like he should be kept in a cage. Oh my words, that took so hard. It was just so, so hard to get out. Um, I, oh, I, and don't make any innuendos there, Ozzy. And Joel is just like Borat's neighbor, Neil Sultan Tuliagbi, a pain in the assholes. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Right. And acting as prosecution to try to get this film placed on the shit list will be Alex and me. Sorry, I forgot Alex isn't here. I've written here, though, Alex is just like Tom Hanks. As of today, he officially doesn't have coronavirus, which is true because <laughs> he went for a test before and his results came back negative. Uh, and I'm a bit like Donald Trump, a very, very, very sore loser. And now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their genuine opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their real thoughts. Which means this week, Dave has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. And it is up to him which list this film will be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. And Dave is a little bit like Borat. He's very nice. Aww. It's, which is true, isn't it? Um, Point for the defence, there. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get started, I think that we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. Or eh? Oh, every week. Oh, every no. week. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, here we read off the synopsis in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week, it has landed on Ozzy. Oh. Uh, how would we like Ozzy? I mean, I, I'm asking how, but I think we all know. I mean, having not seen the film, there's only one impression that springs to mind. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Uh, how I think... is your Borat, uh, Ozzy? It's- I mean, like everybody else, this bar is terrible. <laughs> but um, is and just there, there isn't even a tagline to be honest. Yeah, is it the a follow up film to the 2006 <laughs> comedy centering on that kind of You kind of went into like the count from seven. <laughs> Stop the count. <laughs> and the real life adventures of fictional Kazakh television journalist named Borat. I can't do it. I really can't do it. But that was the like whole argument not, in that voice now. It, it sounds like I've never even seen it with an accent like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Was, I, I tried my absolute hardest not to be copying the accent so that I didn't fall into the trap of just doing Borat um, like impressions for the next week. No, that, yeah, that sounds like a good excuse to be honest, mate. It's not just the fact that maybe you've just watched an Italian knockoff copy of Borat. Bellatio. Okay, so thank you very much, Ozzy. Uh, without further hesitation, Dave, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yep. Um, so this is a recent release. Uh, I've not had a chance to see it, which with good cause, seeing as I'm the judge, I've avoided it. So I have no idea what this film is about. I've seen a little bit of publicity about it. Um, something about the lady that was asked to, to look after his daughter. Just a little bit. I said a little, only a little bit. Only a little, I've not seen. Much. I've seen the bit about uh, Rudy Giuliani. I know that that I've seen that in the news, and I've seen the bit about the lady who looks after his daughter, um, the fundraiser for her, which is actually quite a nice story. That's yeah. about all I know, though. And I haven't seen the first Borat film either because I never found Borat all that funny. <laughs> Gav. Um, so I, I don't know very much about the character. I know he's from Kazakhstan. I know little bits about him. 
Um, but this really is all to play for and don't omit any details. I really am going into this blind. So with that in mind, seeing as you're on your own, Gav, would you like to kick off? I am the prosecution, by the way, Dave. Well, the, uh, you are the prosecution, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, that's a point to the prosecution. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want me to start or do you want those to start? I'm, I'm crossing out points left, right, and center. It's a proper little little Philadelphia count going on there. And we're going to hand it over to Austin then. Would you like to start off with the defense? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. It's because I was a bit like you, is that I was never really a big... Uh, Barat fan, I probably wouldn't have watched this film if we didn't have to do it for the podcast. However, it's incredibly, it's a lot cleverer than than you would think based on, say, the trailer or based on the character itself. You know that you, it's a, um, it's quite, it's a good watch from the point of view of really like expanding on what we kind of already know about America in terms of the how corrupt and just how stupid some people can be. You know, he could have done this in any country, like as he, as he did do previously. But this one for America, this is, it's everything of the first one, um, like blown way, way out of proportion. Um, some absolutely incredible set pieces. He's just, a, Sasha Baron Cohen is just absolutely brilliant at making people, you know, make themselves look stupid, essentially, you know, and these are, uh, you know, in, in some instances, really high-profile people um, doing stupid stuff, and it's like uh, who? who have we got? I know, I know. Well, Giuliani. like, like, yeah. So, so like Giuliani. I mean, I, I don't know all of the uh, people's names, but you know, you can tell that they're high up in um, in political circles, or they're certainly well thought of in in their um, their communities, and they just like some of it is cringy, you know. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but you don't really like um, cringy. Uh, scenes in movies and whatnot, but in this instance, it it kind of works because it's um, it's really highlighting some like some you know f- for us particularly left leaning um, sort of middle middle class white men to uh, you know with big beards in some instances me and you for for the time being it, you know it it can kind of make you feel quite quite good about yourself in some instances to have a little laugh about. Um, what's going on on either side of the world? Um, genuinely, I thought it was—I uh, thought it was a funny film. Like, I kind of loathe to go into the story so much. I mean, I let Joel sort of just explain that bit, but into because I had to stop it a few times because there was bits where it is so cringy. You think, "Fuck, that didn't just happen." There's no way he just did that, or there's no way she just did that. And, you know, and some of it is is way, way over the top, but it's genuinely funny. Um, actually a good watch you know it's clear that there's a huge budget to be had on this one and he's done an absolutely great job with it um it just points out you know political and social problems which we know of you know we've seen come to light even more so with the um, with the election um you know so much coverage happening but um he points it out so well and so i think it's everything from the first one but done more polished um clever it's, it's way way over the top you know it's He's, I don't like Borat as a character, but I enjoyed watching this in terms of her. Um, it was a good laugh, but also okay. very poignant. So just to follow up on some of your points, I mean, you say that is it a series of pranks then, basically a series of sending up of public figures, or is there a story to it? Is there a no, scripted element? Uh, well, the... there, is a, there is a story, but the story is kind of like... Um, you know, second fiddle. So he uses the character of Borat to basically expose, 
you know, real life problems that are happening in America, you know, such as racism, sexism, um, that there's just a lot of kind of creepy guys. And although like it is meant to be a comedy, like Ozzy says, there are, you know, I watched it with my wife and there was moments where like you just have like your hands in front of your face because you're almost in like disbelief that as to what's happening. Um, and, you know, it, it is, gem, you know, genuinely real as well. You know, I think I was speaking to Gav about one of the um, one of the kind of sets that he did at a Trump rally. And, you know, oh, he had to get out of there. He goes into the trailer. Yeah, he had to get out of there pronto and he had like people shaking his car when he was trying to get away, you know, surrounding him. You know, it's not like staged in any way. It's all mm. like genuinely done. Uh, and obviously as well, going from the first one, people knew who Borat was. So in this one, he wears a disguise a lot of the time, like he's disguised as dif- different people. Um, and yeah, I think the, there is a there is a plot, you know, a, a story plot as well in that he's trying to give his um, daughter away to um i think it's to pence to begin with uh then he changes to, it to rudy giuliani to vice um, president mike pence yeah <laughs> and then kind of the basically the plot goes that he realizes that actually he loves his daughter and he doesn't want to give her away and that's kind of like the basic plot but obviously all the while in the background he's using his character who's you know actually like really ignorant you know like he's racist he he hates jews um, you know, he, he, he doesn't have, you know, a very kind of, you know, politically up-to-date view of the world, really. And he kind of uses his character, as I say, to, like, expose, you know, what's going on in America. So it's really, really cleverly done. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I would say if you're going into it thinking it's just going to be a comedy, like, it's it's different. You know, it's different from how it was from the first one because the the world's changed. You you know, there's even with Trump. You know, we've seen a lot more like racism, all that type of things. You know, race, for example, is really massive in the world at the moment with Black Lives Matter and stuff. And I think he's just kind of highlighted all the all the current issues. And it's a lot more kind of political than you know you would think, especially having watched the first one. Yeah, I think that's what surprised me so much was was how political actually this one was. It isn't. Although it is sort of a send-up of people, it's kind of, it's a clever send-up. And, and actually, when you really think about what you're being shown and the way it's being shown, it's like, shit, that's that's clever. Um, and, you know, and a little bit horrifying as well. You know, yeah. It's a, okay. okay, I got some points. So I will come back to, to the both of you on, but I want to give Gav a turn to uh, pros- prosecute. Is that what you're doing this week? <laughs> yes, it is yeah, prosecute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of go into a bit of detail of what Joel's just mentioned there. He said that, you know, the world has changed a lot. The world, world's much different uh, from 2000s. And when was the last one? 2006, was it 14 years ago? Yeah. Uh, I read an interview with Sasha Baron Cohen in which he talks about Borat and how, you know, the original Borat was supposed to put suspects at ease. I say suspects, you know, like it put his victims at ease and allow them to reveal their sort of innermost prejudices. And then he asked the question, however, you know, how do you do that in 2020 when the president is, and I'm quoting here, an overt racist, an overt fascist? It allows the rest of society to change their dialogue too. And then he says, my aim here was not to expose racism and anti-Semitism. Uh, but the aim was to make people laugh. Um, but we revealed the dangerous sides to uh, authoritarianism. Um, and it, I, I just question: did, did they actually do that? You know, I, I just don't think that 
it achieves that at all. A lot of it still feels the same. You know, it's like, let's go get people to reveal how racist and anti-Semitic they are, or, you know, or at least how indifferent they are to it all. But I don't see what the film's purpose actually is. You know, who is this film supposed to be for? It was made and released in speedy fashion with the aim to like document the US's response to coronavirus and also to be released to coincide with the run-up to the elections. So um, was, was this supposed to show the dangers of, you know, Trump's America, uh, as Baron Cohen actually said in his interview? Or, you know, was it supposed to show just how horrible and cold Donald Trump and his cronies are? Because I don't think it showed any anything that uh, that we don't already actually know. It's, it's essentially... Are you asking the question, who is this film for? You know, was it to change the heart and minds of people in the run-up to the elections? Then, you know, who's its target audience? Because ardent Trump supporters uh, will likely know who Sasha Baron Cohen is and they will avoid this like the plague. If it's for uh, Democrats, then I think they're already going to want to watch it anyway. So you think to yourself, well, is it supposed to be for those fence-sitting swing votes? And then if it is... I don't know if this film tells us anything different than we didn't already know already. You know, if the aim was to expose Trump, why? It's my question. I feel like he does a good enough job of exposing himself. When the film starts, there's a bit of a tease that Barra is going after Trump and you think to yourself, oh God, I wonder if he gets an interview with Trump because all the sort of advertising was talking about how it's a, there's a career-breaking or a career-ending appearance by somebody you know high up in Trump's administration. So you're like, oh my God, is it going to be Trump? And then it moves quickly on to, oh, now we're going to target Mike Pence. So you're like, oh, Mike Pence still, you know, very very big name you know vice president if he can make him look like an arsehole then that would be a big coup but you know halfway through the film they abandoned that they had this big uh, Joel sort of hinted at it before um, they go to this Republican rally where Mike Pence is talking and Sasha Baron Cohen goes dressed up as Donald Trump bringing his daughter as a present and uh, he gets a lot of hatred for it and then Mike Pence gets ushered off stage by the Secret Service and then they change focus again. So then there's a bit where they're sat in the car and they're looking at Trump allies on the phone and like, who, which one can we go after next? And then they settle on Rudy Giuliani. And, you know, the, the big payoff of the film is that it exposes Rudy Giuliani as this lecherous old perv. But once again, I think it's something that we all knew beforehand anyway. You know, it, this doesn't tell us anything different. And if it is an attack on Trump, it feels a little bit like six degrees of separation. It's like, you know, it highlights in the film, we couldn't get Trump, we couldn't get Pence. We'll have to go for Giuliani in a jokey way. But also in reality, that is exactly what happens. And it feels like it. It feels like it's a sort of C-level uh, attack on the, the, you know, the Republican Party. And I, I, just generally, overall, the film, I just think is a little bit copy and paste uh, sort of Borat, the original Borat. It, it doesn't tell us anything different. It doesn't, you know, th- there isn't anything here that we haven't seen before, comedy-wise. It's the same sort of puns, the same sort of audience. You know, it just feels like a bit of a retread, a very tired retread at that. Okay, thank you very much, Gavin. Um, one question I do want to feel to all three of you, whoever whoever cares to answer it. You know, we've all said that this is... Um, it's very much um, a satirical observation of Trump's America. It's very much about what has gone on in America in 2020 with coronavirus and with the run-up to the election. Is this film going to be relevant 
now that it's all over, well, obviously COVID is not over yet, but the election is done. Trump has lost. It, let's say if we came back to this film three years from now, towards the end of Biden's presidency, would anyone find anything relevant about this film? Would there be anything to learn from it? Would there be any point in watching it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there would. Um, you know, get, Gav kind of said there that, you know, he's not sure who it's for and there's nothing new and I think the opposite, really. You know, the, there's loads of kind of just little, uh, I'm kind of loath to call them sketches, but like loads of like little kind of pieces within the film where, um, you know, what you see is really shocking. And I wouldn't exactly say that it's, um, you know, meant to be going after anybody in particular. I just think it's kind of seeing what goes on, what happens in America and that type of thing. Like, I think I, I may have mentioned it to you in the past but he goes to, a, to he goes to a cake shop and he uh he asks for a cake and he asks uh, you know for some writing on the cake and it's i can't remember what the exact phrase is but it's something you know really anti-semitic it's you know something like you know i hate all jews or something and you know the, the cake shop woman she rather than saying you know oh you know I, I can't do that type of thing you know she just says yeah that's absolutely fine and she she gets on with it um, and that's nothing, you know, political. It's not in like a Trump rally, anything like that. That's just like in a little back shop, you know, in America. And I think it's those types of things that are like really shocking. And that's what I mean, where it's not like full on comedy. You know, I don't think anyone's going to laugh at that. They're probably going to be like, you know, oh, you know, wow, Jesus, you know, that woman didn't even blink an eyelid type of thing. And I think that is kind of what he's exposing there uh, more than you know, trying to go after Trump because, you know, as Gav said, everyone, you know, does know about, you know, his dark side and, um, you know, all the bad points that he has. Same with probably, uh, you know, Pence and Giuliani as well. Um, you know, all of their kind of misdemeanors have been well documented. But I think when you kind of see it in black and white, you know, when it's exposed. So, um, you know, obviously in easily i would say as well it's not like some of these things come out you know like he's pushing for them to come out he gets them out like really quickly and um you know there's a there's a lot of scenes like that another one i'll mention he goes to um a debutant ball with his with his daughter um and there's a i'm not sure what they are you know there's a there's a bunch of guys there they're a lot older and they've all got their daughters they kind of show them off to each other and kind of as you do, he's 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 joking around, and he says to one of them, he's like, uh, "How much you give for my daughter?" And uh, one of them says, "Like, oh, like he's being deadly serious." He says, "Like, oh, I'd give you five hundred dollars." And he's like, he he like goes to high five. He's thought he's like very nice, um, but obviously it just kind of like shows like this creepy seedy old guy is just essentially offered five hundred dollars, you know, to sleep with sleep with his daughter um and again you know there's nothing really political about that it's just exposing things that you know potentially go on that we don't all know about mm. uh, so i do think there's more to it basically is what i'm trying to say than just kind of the the political nature that that gav touched on okay and austin you got a point to make and then i gotta go gav yeah, yeah well sort of in, in in direct answer to your question like will it be relevant in mm -hmm. three years time five years time i think i think the answer is yes and not necessarily because of trump i think if anything it's a it's, it is a reflection of how the the country has gone maybe not even just america but um that if you have enough money 
you're able to do all sorts of like deplorable things. There's bits where he, you know, he takes his daughter and quite often the sort of the joke really is comparing his version of Kazakhstan, um, you know, this, this sort of horrible kleptocracy, you know, like a a place where you fear the the establishment essentially and, and filled with all sorts of conspiracy theory type type works. Is that that's really just a mirror for for what he is and, and everything in everybody he meets he sort of he plays it up as though you know he's the joke in his country he's got all of these backwards thinking and whatever but actually everything he's talking about is what's happening in America you know to the people he's talking to they they are the joke and it's I think it would still be relevant I think actually and it sounds you know maybe a little bit uh, crass I think it could it could be a, a teaching tool. In the future, it could well be, you know, one of those sort of secondary sources that people go to as a uh, as a history student, you know, maybe a modern history student in the future. I think it could be something that people end up watching just to see how, you know, how people behaved during the, the, the Trump era. There's not going to be many high profile uh, films like this that really capture it in such a, you know, quite a gritty way in some sense, you know, that some of the some of the scenes are, are just baffling how people get away with it. You know, he takes her into, you know, clearly she's underage. Um, the guy, in, there's a guy in a FedEx store. He, he gets to see the facts, which clearly states her age and stuff like that. And he doesn't bat an eyelid at, at the, the, the sort of actions that, that Bora is, is saying are about to happen. And then, um, and then they take her to go and get a breast enlargement. She's clearly underage, needs her parents to, um, you know, needs an adult to supervise her and to sign the consent form. Nobody bats an eyelid. And I think that is quite, um, you know, telling in some sense, you know, that that he's uh, considered to be a guy with enough money to be able to do what he wants. Nobody nobody sees that as being an odd thing to happen. Um, There's a little bit, this little sing song where he... Um, he talks about the, the the Wuhan flu, and you know, and it just totally captures everything that you know the the China virus essentially. Um, and it's a cheap shot, but it it accurately reflects you know what was going on. And for us, you know, it's just another one of those things. It's so how can people actually be like that? You know, we've just seen it. There's fifty percent roughly of the of the of that country. You know, of the voting population, forty eight percent or whatever it is were there and he shows it he shows it and it's you know in all it's um awful glory you know it's um it, it's it, I, I think it's it's going to be very valid okay thank you very much and gav anything to add to that yeah my, my once again i'm sort of thinking well are we really surprised you know joel was mentioning about the scene with the lady in the cake store who writes something anti-semitic you know, are we surprised that that type of person appears in America? Yeah, you know, I mean, not not to say that it's just just that type of person just lives in America. I'm just saying that when you've got a president who, prior to being elected, seemed to suggest to a room full of Jewish people that they buy off politicians, and a president who tweeted an image of Hillary Clinton's face atop a pile of cash next to the Star of David and the phrase "most corrupt candidate ever," are we are we surprised that some of his followers? Uh, would also share those same opinions. You know, we're also talking about, as I was saying before, about those girls being very young. Once again, Donald Trump in the past, you know, there's been questions about a, a 
a supposed friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. There's been comments that he made in 1992, caught on camera, seeing a little girl coming up at an escalator. And he, he says, he turns uh, to the interview and says, oh, I'm going to be dating her in 10 years. You know, this is a guy who's bragged about the fact that he's just able to walk into Miss USA pageant dressing rooms whenever he wants. You know, he said some really odd and disturbing things about young girls in the past so once again are we that odd that that behavior is replicated by and well by some of his followers i just don't think it's it's surprising i don't think this film is telling us anything that we didn't know before and i don't think it's showing us anything new i feel like this type of comedy it's a little bit tired and i think borat really needed to do something different and i don't think it succeeded in that i think it just retreads a lot of old footsteps Okay, on that note, comedy. Obviously, this is put out there as a comedy film. Is it funny? You know, I mean, it, there's a lot of cringy humor. I guess if you like cringy humor, you might find it funny. Is there anything else there? I don't tend to go for that personally. And bear in mind, this is, I'm not going to judge this as will I like it or not. Yeah. But this isn't my bag by the sounds of it. Will people find this funny? Will enough people find this, this funny? So this is in very stark contrast to Hoobie uh, Halloween. Uh, this is uh, the, the you know, mass this appeal is, of Hoobie Halloween. Yeah, you know that's that. You know that was that was crass humor. That was you know lowbrow humor. This is equally lowbrow, but on a different edge of that scale. You know this is this is deliberately provocative. It's deliberately offensive. You know it's it's grim and filthy, and and that's you know that's everything that people who were fans of Borat, you know, during the um, you know when it was a sketch show. It's it's that humour, and it's more more of that. You know, is Sasha Baron Cohen is, is very proven. He's very good at doing that. You know, with his um, with the dictator, with this, he's he's got that sort of stuff down to a T, and he does a great job of it. in here, this is, you know, he's a guy. He's a guy who knows how to how to deliver that sort of humour, and and it will appeal to people, and it is funny. Um, if that's your bag, you know, if you want something to be along those lines, then then you've got it. Okay. Um... Gav, any thoughts on comedy? Is this funny? Will I find it funny? Will general population find it funny? I I, I don't know. Um, so I I mean I I think Sasha Baron Cohen is a very intelligent and articulate comedian, and I think he's done best when he has punched up and exposed, as I said earlier, those sort of like inner prejudices and inner arseholes of people in power. Uh, what I don't like about Sasha Baron Cohen's comedy sometimes, and is definitely the case in Borat, is that a lot of the comedy also punches down. You know, I get why the character had to be from Kazakhstan, and I get that he picked this uh, from, like, you know, when he first made the character in the 90s, because it adds a credibility to the character in, if, you know, if, if he's ever going to do an interview with anybody, if they do a quick background check, they'll know, oh yeah, he comes from Kazakhstan, that's fine. And he doesn't come from some made up country. So I get that. And, but there was a lot of backlash about the film from Kazakhs from, uh, you know, in 2006. And I just thought that 14 years later, all the developments that we've made in comedy and all the progression that's just happened in society, I thought that the humor would just be a little bit different. You know, I, I understand there's some aspects of it where he's telling ridiculous stories to his victims just to see how ignorant and gullible that they are. You know, when they hear about these weird and horrific things that happened to Bart and his family back in Kazakhstan, you know, the whole idea is like, hey, look at them. You know, they are not disputing any of the information because they're so ignorant. Isn't that hilarious? 
But when you have the president, once again, I keep on referring it to Donald Trump because essentially I feel like this this film is an attack on Donald Trump. But when you have Donald Trump calling similar countries shitholes, are we going to be that surprised that some Americans don't know anything really about Kazakhstan and would believe somebody who says they are from Kazakhstan relaying that information to them but my, my issue is it's not just that there are many scenes in it that depict Kazakhstan as like this backwards and incredibly poor country and depicts Kazakhs in general as racist poor idiots like there was a fair bit of that in 2006's film but I feel like there's much much more of it in this because there's constantly this back and forth chat between himself and the uh, the president's of Kazakhstan and then there's also scenes at the beginning and later on where he's in Kazakhstan there's just a lot of it a lot of punching down I just feel like you know he's not doing a lot of stuff for Kazakhstan's reputation I feel like you said you know in three four years time or whatever when people look back at this film is it still going to be relevant maybe not you know maybe it is maybe it won't but what will still remain is that depiction of a Kazakh which a lot of people are probably going to take as just you know standard they're going to be like oh i yeah i know fair, I, I know something about kazakhstan that's where borat's from you know it's also where x y and z happens you know it's it's not a very very good portrayal if, if well if it's, it's a horrendous portrayal of kazakh people and i just think that he could have changed that a little bit maybe made this film a lot less about kazakhstan or you know not show actual scenes in Kazakhstan, you know, because if they've spent the past 14 years trying to get away from this and then Bora has just brought it all back up again. Uh, and you, you said a bit, something before, Dave, um, the original was poking fun at both Democrats and Republicans. Uh, you, you mentioned about like, is this film funny, uh, you know, for a, a, an audience who's going to be watching this in three, four years time. I feel like the original one was for everybody because it poked fun at the very, very high class the upper echelons of power but also it poked fun uh you know the sort of blue collar working classes of america as well whereas this film is more of an exercise to highlight how stupid some republicans are uh, you know and if i was a republican voter and i saw this no matter if i supported trump or not i would imagine that i'd feel pretty alienated you know if i was a, a republican supporter who really didn't like donald trump i would be furious at this because it paints all republicans the very 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 thick wide brush this is a question i was actually leaning towards i wanted to ask you know we've talked borat is a very bigoted character he's designed that way to put people at ease and to kind of lure them out of the company to entrap them basically this is entrapment let's be honest does it come across as cruel i mean with some public figures like rudy giuliani you can kind of accept okay you put yourself out there you're a lawyer you're a politician you should be able to handle this you should know better than to let yourself be entrapped but with members of the public is this cruel you know ozzy you mentioned before you know we're all quite leftist here this group yeah you know with respect to other people's opinions can this be considered cruel yeah in in some ways i'd say yeah yes it can you know the, the whole it's one of those things where actually there's a there's a it reaches a point where the joke is no longer all right. You know, it's almost like he may as well be holding a sign up to say, you know, because they're laughing with him. They're laughing along, uh, you know, the you know the, the ridiculousness of everything that he's saying and that they're agreeing with, um, you know, and it's, he may as well be waving a massive sign saying that you are the joke, you are the joke. You know, that, that he could well be doing that. And um, so, yeah, in some ways you could consider it to be a bit cruel. Um, but, you know, at the same respect, is he's put this out for you know he's put this out for a reason. He's picked this time for a reason. It 
it's a movie to 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 deliver exactly what Gab was saying, you know, and the same with you know, your your worry is that is it going to date because of why it's been created? There is a chance it will be, and I I think it will still be used for that. But yeah, you could you could think of some of the stuff to be cruel. Um, you know, nobody was in on the joke. Um, you know, that's why the babysitter um who wasn't in on the joke ended up and with the with the crowdfunding, you know, is that it, it was just basically how will people behave when let's just film it and then if the, if they warrant being the target of his um you know uh, of his humor then that's what that's what ends up happening um so you know i, I suppose you've got to trust that he's actually and you know that sasha baron cohen's actually a, a nice guy and that these people deserve it in some yeah. sense you know is how much do you uh how much do you do you believe him? You know, in his judgment on, on how far to take these people. I, so it's it's hard to know, isn't it? I, I've never been to a in that situation before to to know if they if it's bullying in some sense. You know, maybe yeah. want to take it onto a mass scale. Could it be? Um, okay. Um, has anyone got anything to add on on those points before I just move on to the last topic? Uh, yeah, just to counter a few of the points that Gav said, just quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think kind of the Borat as a whole has got like a really kind of strong subtext. And I think a lot of people, when they first watched it, you know, they didn't understand that it was satire. And, um, you know, there was a bit of a backlash from that. But, you know, I think I remember seeing like an interview with Sasha Baron Cohen where he said the reason he chose Kazakhstan was because, you know, he thought that people in America wouldn't know anything about the country, which allowed him to create a character that nobody, you know, really knew anything about. Um, you know, if he said he was from like Hungary or something like that, or Bulgaria, you know, a country that, you know, I'm sure Americans have heard of, then, you know, they might have more of a hard time thinking, you know, that this guy's from a country that, you know, is, is really kind of portrayed as being backwards. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, Gav mentioned about betrayal of Kazakhs and things like that. And, you know, that's for... I would say each individual to decide what they think of that. But, you know, he has kind of sketches about Jews, you know, where his, his first kind of sketch in the first Borat film, he received quite a bit of criticism from for that big kind of Jewish sketch. I think it was called like the running of the Jew. And then, you know, again, they didn't understand that it was satire and, you know, that he himself is Jewish and, you know, really kind of proud of that fact. So I think there's, there's you know kind of two sides to to each of those coins you know i think you've got to view it in the right mind frame and uh, if you do that then you know you might understand what he's trying to do but you know i can understand that if you know if you don't understand what he's trying to do then it's not immediately obvious to everybody that you know he's taking the piss here okay thank you uh gav your hand was up yeah, just a very, very quick rebuttal on that. I understand that point that Joel's making, and I, and I do agree with some of it. I, if it was Sasha Baron Cohen uh, as the as the character Barrett, or just as himself making anti-Semitic comments or jokes, and then him being like, "It's fine because I'm Jewish myself," then I can understand that. But the fact is, is that he is portraying a Kazakh, uh, making anti-Semitic comments and jokes, and then being, "It's okay." because I'm Jewish, but you're not from Kazakhstan though. So although, you know, those jokes about being Jewish might be all right for you, 
and you know for maybe a lot of people because you are Jewish yourself what isn't all right is that you're doing it in the guise of a Kazakh so you're saying you know like not only is it you know a joke about Jewish people it's also a joke about Kazakhstan and I'll actually I'll, I'll I'll back actually back Gav up there, but also there's there, they did address some of this not in the film, but you know within the marketing campaign is I think actually because of the backlash from the first film, um, in which you know the country was pretty not split fifty fifty I'd say it's more maybe like eighty twenty of people hating the way um, Kazakhstan had been portrayed, and then twenty percent probably grasped that it was a joke and it's good that Kazakhstan's being mentioned at all. Um, this time round, actually, the Kazakh government and tourism board decided to adopt um, Borat's catchphrase and sort of counteracted almost all of the uh, all of the arguments and stuff that he put at him and they played upon the fact that at the end of the last film or the period of Borat's non-existence those 14 years of him being in prison essentially sort of touches on it when he comes back that he's got out of prison he's come to do another uh you know hard-hitting journalism feature because you know that's part of the thing you gotta remember that he's meant to be a kazakh journalist mm-hmm. um, but basically the, the tourist board have decided to they adopted his very nice um catchphrase so then the the shots you can you can find the advert actually online and it's um they cut to some food and says other oh, food it's very nice the people you know but his jokes he said it goes through a whole host of things there's a picture of people taking pictures with the amazing kazakh backgrounds you know very nice comes on the screen people drinking the fermented horse milk very nice so they're actually going through everything that he says happens um and then using his phrase are very nice and that's you know they've tried to capitalize on on what you know what is essentially not an accurate depiction of kazakhstan and that's that's been met again with a divided, uh, you know, a divided opinions. If you take a little search online, uh, following you know, when you're watching the film back, you'll see that there's a whole host of um, of people who are offended by it still. Um, okay, and, and rightly so. Okay, uh, Gav, I saw your hand. I'll, just because you're on your own, I'll let you have this one, but we do need to move on. <laughs> no, I think that, you know, I did read an interview with the, I think, Minister for Tourism from Kazakhstan, and he did say that tourism to Kazakhstan has grown exponentially since Borat was it was released. And, you know, it, it was to coincide with that advertisement bureau advert where they were talking about, you know, I'll come to Kazakhstan because it's very nice. I do also think that is it is it a little bit of if you can't beat them, join them. They've, they've been trying to distance themselves for 14 years from Borat to no avail. And it's just like, fuck it, we'll finally lean into it. You know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, although tourism probably has increased a lot, how much of that is people actually wanting to go to Kazakhstan to see, you know, Kazakhstan and how many people is it? trying to go to Kazakhstan to see where Boris come from and, you know, to kind of go as a joke or go to make fun or go to kind of like try and experience or relive something that they saw in Borat. So it's sort of a double-edged sword, that for me, I think. Well, well, it, it could easily have been a double-edged sword. Um, hostile. Um, absolutely destroyed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Tourism to... Uh, to, to where was to it? Serbia, Europe, was it? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's Serbia, yeah. Okay. Me, I, I'm not going to Serbia ever again. So. <laughs> <laughs> not Serbia. Where was hostile? Oh, yeah. I went, oh, Lithuania, was it? No. 
Uh, I it was Eastern it's, European, let's be honest. Yeah, I can't remember where <laughs> Hostel was set, but because I went, because um, and then they were, it was, it's in all of the stuff. They were like, well, it's only just started recovering in like 2017, so it's yeah. it's taken like seven or eight years for them to start recovering. Um, yeah. So what you're saying, Eastern home. Europe? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've yeah. been to Lithuania. I've been to Bulgaria. Was not yeah. mutilated once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really, really nice people. Really appreciative of tourism. Slovakia, Slovakia. Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter's from Lithuania. I've been to Slovakia as well. Couldn't have been nicer. So yeah. I, I went to uh, Lithuania and um, we're looking. There's a there's a there's a wall down a very famous street uh, in the capital, and um, there's like it's like a couple of plaques from famous people who come from Lithuania. One of the plaques is for Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> It's like they're like the talk. I was like, "Can you see what's out here?" People are like, "Yeah, Adam Alexa." It's like a, a fictitious mass murderer. <laughs> uh, on that note, I'm going to ask: Has anyone got any final points they want to raise? We haven't really talked about cast or characters, but I am familiar with Borat, um, and a lot of the other people in this film seem to be victims. I think we've used <laughs> yeah, yeah. a couple of times. If there's anything think, else you want me to know about, now's your chance. But. Uh, the only other person of note really to mention is, is his daughter. Um, and I think she got particular, sorry, particular praise for this film just because of what she had to do with a straight face, essentially. Obviously, Sasha Baron Cohen's very used to it. For example, there's this one sketch I told you before, they're at like kind of a highbrow society dinner. Um, and she says to she says to her dad, Borat, she says like, you know, uh, it's that time of the month now. And he says, oh, well, since it's that time of the month, we can do our fertility dance. Um, and so, like, they do this dance and she lifts up Eska and, you know, she's covered in blood down there. Um, and, like, all, all the people are just, like, aghast, you know, as to what's happening. She, she's, like, just exposing herself, covered in blood. Um, and, yeah, she. I, I remember reading her review, you know, saying that she just did it, you know, exceptionally well, you know, even just the, the flicker of a smile obviously could have, you know, thrown the whole thing off. So I think, you know, for her, especially with no kind of experience in this type of thing, it's not like, you know, she's come off like the Ali G show or something like that. You know, I haven't seen it before. Um, for her, especially, I think, uh, you know, she did, she did a really great job. Okay. Thank you, Joel. Anyone else got anything to add? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd just like to, uh, you know, Repeat what Joel said there. I do think that um, Maria Baklova, um, yeah, she she was very good in it. To be honest, and I think she'll probably get a lot of work coming out of this. I think she, you know, the the more touching aspects. I say that because it's very very infrequent. Um, but there are a couple of touching aspects about the relationship between Borat and his daughter at the beginning. You know, he takes her for granted because she's not a son. He doesn't want her to go to America. And then when she goes there, you know, it, it sort of coincides with uh, the president of uh, Kazakhstan saying, you know, you need to get us friendly with America. And the way that he does that, as you mentioned earlier, was by gifting his daughter to Mike Pence and then to Rudy Giuliani. Uh, and then throughout that, you know, there's this, the, they build this relationship of, you know, he actually realizes that a lot of the stereotypes that have been said about women in Kazakhstan aren't true. And then that, you know, they can drive cars and they can be uh, their own boss. And then he changes his perceptions and, and um, then, you know, they form this relationship at the end. And that's nice. Uh, but those bits are very few and far between. Um, and a lot of it relies on 
Borat himself, the character. And one of the jokes at the very beginning is that Borat has become internationally famous and that everybody knows him because it's true, you know. So there's a scene where he's walking around and everyone's shouting Borat quotes at him. So then he has to disguise himself, you know, and then essentially, is it even a Borat film anymore? He's essentially just another series of Who is America? It's just Sasha Baron Cohen in a series of disguises doing what he was doing in Who is America or any other film or TV series that he's done similar things in. You know, he's been overexposed and it's it shows you know he's had to adapt it i feel unsuccessfully and it reminded me a little bit of uh you know the, the comedy in it is like you know that sketch in the simpsons where everybody in the plant is waiting and looking at home or waiting for him to do something stupid it's it's that sort of thing whenever they come onto the screen you're like right something stupid or ridiculous is going to happen now Okay, Austin, anything to add finally? Or no, no, I think uh, no, no, I think I think Joel Joel covered it pretty well. That you know, in terms of the genuine actors in the film, absolutely brilliant. You know, you you can't fault them for going at this 100. Um, percent But you know, equally with, with Gav, he's he's got valid points. He's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Eh? And on that note, Gav, I'll hand over to you for a quiz while I deliberate. Right, uh, we'll try and speed through this quiz because I know that we're running slightly behind. So this is a quiz of 11 questions all about Sasha Baron Cohen and his comedy. So question number one, fingers on the buzzers, won't accept any answers unless there's a buzz. Borat and Ali G sprung to fame as sketches in which Channel 4 late night TV show? It was also the birthplace of uh, Ricky Gervais, essentially. No. It's, on, it's on Channel 4, wasn't it? Yeah, on Channel 4, yeah. It was a certain time between 10 and midnight. <laughs> 11 o'clock. It was the oh. 11 o'clock show. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, well done. Well done. Uh, now, Barrett Cohen's first foray into film was the 2002 comedy Ali G in the House, which British acting great and one of Alex's all-time favourites portrays the Prime Minister. Bam. Dave? That is Sir Michael Gambon. It is Sir Michael Gambon. Well done. Okay, number Bruce's three. nemesis, I think. Is... <laughs> I don't know why he hates him so much. It's ridiculous. Uh, number three, his next mainstream venue, uh, 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 venue, sorry, saw him provide the voice of King Julian in Madagascar. But what type of animal is Julian? Um, Dave. I'm going to say ring-tailed lemur. Well done. I would have just accepted lemur, but well done. <laughs> ring-tailed lemur, yes. I've been to Chester Zoo. I know the difference between lemurs. <laughs> okay, Joel, hopefully you should get this one. Uh, next up, he appears as the villainous Jean Girard in Talladega Nights. The two heroes of the film, Ricky and Cal, often refer to themselves by which nicknames? Ricky and Cal. In what, in what film? Talladega, Talladega Nights. Nights. Is that so, the... Never seen it. Will Ferrell. Legend of Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Now, three, two, one. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. (laughs) Right. Number five, Baron Cohen then returned to his sketch character roots for... I've just seen that picture of Dean Koontz that Gav sent to the WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> Don't he look like Justin Bieber in 30 years? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will accept that, um, but uh, no more. So yeah, Powerlands, well done, Joel. Okay, number six, in 2007, he provided... Sorry, he proved that he's got a good singing voice on him as well when he appeared as Pirelli oh. in Sweeney Todd. Oh, I was going to say Sweeney Todd, but that's, <laughs> the, answer. Sorry, that's the question. Here's the question. But which actor also appeared as Judge Turpin? Bam. 
Dave. Alan Rickman. Yes, Alan Rickman. <laughs> uh, number seven 2009 saw him commercialise his last Ali G sketch character Bruno in the film Bruno shows a test audience the pilot for his TV show in which he has bagged an interview with which celebrity no has sure, anybody seen know Bruno? a lot no. <laughs> uh, so the, the whole film but the whole uh, scene is telling this test audience that he's got an or like a massive superstar interview with Harrison Ford, and then <laughs> when, when you see this, when you see the interview, it's just him approaching him on his doorstep, saying Harrison Ford, and he turns out and says, "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, number eight in 2012, Baron Cohen blended scripted and mockumentary comedy in his latest offering, The Dictator. At the Academy Awards, what did the di- Dictator spill all over Ryan Seacrest? Um, Foods? No. Oh, beverages? No. <laughs> Ozzy? I thought. No, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I thought it was like. Isn't it? Doesn't he have an urn? Yes, he does have an urn. Is it? Is it oh, I don't know. Is it the, the ashes, ashes of one of his enemies or somewhere? Or the ashes. Is it just of, ashes? The, but it's the ashes of another dictator, anybody? <laughs> it was around 2012. 2012. Gaddafi? No. Kim oh. Yong-il. Oh. Oh. Anyway, right. thank you, guys. <laughs> right, uh, number nine, this, uh, that same year, Baron Cohen returned to musicals when he appeared as the Nadier in Les Miserables. What? Was he in Les He was playing the Nadier in Les Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is the name of the song in which his character makes his grand entrance? Um, Dave. Master of the House. Master of the House. Oh, yes, well done. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number 10, he took a break from everything for about three years. Uh, when he returned in 2016, he was in the film Grimsby playing a football hooligan turned secret agent. But which British hard man played his uh, brother? Joel. Mark Strong. Mark Strong, well done. <laughs> and finally, question 11. This year saw Baron Cohen deliver one of his best performances as Abby Hoffman in The Trial of the Chicago 7. But which actor appears as Abby's representative in the trial, William Kunstler? I'll give you a clue. It's another famous mark. Mm, uh, this one's more dramatic than strong. Mark Harmon? <laughs> <laughs> no. This one's an old thesp. A thespian. Yeah. Three, two... What's oh, the guy you- from... Um- no, oh, no, so you gonna... should know him. Uh, why, why would I know him? Because he, he appears in the very next scene uh, from that ginger kid in Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh no, I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Why can I not think of any marks when all I need to no. think of is a mark? Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance, oh, everyone. Okay. Bloody hell. Right, okay, that's all it. All I could get in my head was Mark Wahlberg, and I don't, I like, <laughs> don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. I wasn't love not... Mark Wahlberg, it's okay. <laughs> I've just, I had Mark Gattis in my head, I'm not sure it's better. <laughs> okay, uh, that's it. The winner is Dave, and you, um, I will send you, um, what I've got out today and bought is a boatload of Freddos to start sending to people again, so I will send one Yay. to you, Dave. Because <laughs> we can't fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> a boatload of Freddos. <laughs> right. So, uh, thank, thank you for the quiz, Gav. 
Uh, I've been doing some deliberating. I've been, I've actually made more notes in the conclusion part of this than I have for, in a film for a while. Um, it's, it, this is an interesting one, really. It's, it doesn't sound like a film that's necessarily going to be my humor. It does sound very cringy. Uh, and I, I got some of the points that Gav was making. You know, did this really need documenting this period in history? I'd say not like this, not necessarily. I mean, Trump's Twitter account is cached. You know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be there for people to read. There's going to be a lot of information about this period in American history. So I don't think this necessarily needed to be done. Uh, you know, I mean, I followed the election. I followed Trump's presidency. I think a lot of people around the world have. Um, and it does sound a little one-sided. Like Gav said, he's just gunning for Republicans this time. You know, there's not the political spectrum being observed here. It's just he's, he's picking one side. He's going for Trump supporters. And, you know, this can be edited. This can be skewed. But like Austin said... You know, there's only so much editing and skewing you can do. Ultimately, this is not unwarranted. You know, there was bigotry there waiting to be exposed. He just so happened to tap into it every now and again and do it. You know, maybe he he, did, he set up some pranks and they fell flat. Maybe the people didn't respond. They didn't take the bait. But there seems to have been enough to make a film of people that did. And that in itself is, is a little concerning. It does not surprise me at all that they did not get Donald Trump or Mike Pence. There is a whole system of government and layers of secret service to stop people like Sasha Baron Cohen getting anywhere near Donald Trump and Mike Pence. Uh, and it also wasn't surprising, you know, some of the content, unfortunately, that came out. And that's, like I say, it has been well documented this year. But it's nonetheless shocking. It's harrowing. It's, it's unpleasant to hear, you know. Cheap shots, maybe. But like Austin said, it kind of exposes it all in some kind of awful glory. And it was there to be exposed. It's just held up a mirror, ultimately, this film. It's not necessarily gone out and sought this in the darker recesses of American society. It was out there and in the light. Um, and Austin said he hopes it's a teaching tool. You know, I hope that, you know, this, it, that there's something to learn from this, that it is just a flash in the pan. And, that, you know, there will come a time where people look back on this and go, geez, I can't believe society was like that. I can't believe this, this actually happened. Uh, I hope that is the case, you know, but it remains to be seen as Trump a cause or a symptom, you know, only time will tell. But ultimately, I think there is a lesson to be learned from this period of history. And I hope that it is something that is quite alien to people who watch this film in the future. And I think it's done, it's done us all a solid. I think it's a very important film. And at the same time, it sounds like it's been managed, it's managed to be entertaining and it's managed to get comedy out there at the same time. So for that reason, I'm going to give this benefit of the doubt and put it on the hit list. Well done, Dave. Oh, so well summed up. I do think that, you know, you do make the best closing notes as a judge. Everybody else seems yeah. to be like, yeah, I thought I, it was shit. The, the, trick is, the trick is to actually make notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I like that actually your summary of what we say is so much more eloquent than the <laughs> phrase that we use to portray it. So, uh, so when you listen to that, you go, my gosh, I did put a good argument across there, didn't <laughs> And then when I listen back to the podcast, I'm like, I didn't say that at all. You fucking liar. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, genuine opinions. Uh, Joel? Uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Like, I do think it's a fair, fair bit different than the first one. Like, the first one, I think, was... Like kind of a lot more comedy and stuff in there and just trying to make people laugh whereas this one I do think was trying to you know be a, be a little bit more kind of out there and things like that like it's definitely not perfect and um, you know he kind of has had it's probably like fair share of the pie like in terms of you know playing ball right now it's probably a lot that he can hope for but I think it's definitely on the right list and 
I think it's one of them that everyone should just watch, you know, at least once. I don't think anyone's going to like make an annual event of it. Once you've seen it, once you've seen it type of thing, but definitely uh, give it a go. Thanks, Joel. And Ozzy? Yeah, I agree with Joel. It's worth, it's worth watching. Not not actually, a, you know, it's not going up there with the likes of Hocus Pocus or, <laughs> you know, for me in particular. Yeah, like it's not, I don't think it's a rewatchable film. It's it's interesting, if not else. <laughs> I'm just showing me his little Hocus Pocus uh, keyring there. Um, no, it's your badge. little oh, it's my Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I for you. I've left in your house. The home of Hocus Pocus Salem that you just didn't take yeah. home with you. I thought it was going to be part of the films on trial room. Um, anyway, I thought it, I thought the film was 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 okay. I did laugh at times, but I did spend a lot of it thinking there's no way they're actually like that. You know, it it I found it a bit more troubling than I did funny. Uh, I don't think you're going to find it funny throughout, but I thought it it's a good. I think it's worth a watch, and I think it's on the right list. I just. Um, I don't know. I think I agreed more with what Gav said than what I said. Thanks, Ozzy. Uh, me, yeah, I, I sort of agree with what I said. I mean, I, I, I did uh, agree with also some of the things that Joel and I said. Move your mic closer to your face, Gav. Sorry, it's it's because it's I moved it out of the way to get the hocus pocus. Uh, it's 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 not a keychain; it's a bauble to hold to put on your Christmas tree. Your Christmas so. tree, so you can have uh, Halloween at Christmas. Exactly, just like Tim Burton. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what I was saying about the punching down comedy and also the relevance of it, and sort of like who is this actually for? Uh, you know, there was a lot of points where I was just thinking. I, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know what this is supposed to get. I, I understand it was more politically charged than the first one, but I also did find myself laughing out loud at several points of it as well. So, even if I don't think it was particularly, you know, great, or I didn't think it was the funniest film of all time, I did find myself laughing at several points. Um, it is on the right list, but I don't think by much. Um, I don't think it was as good as the first one, or you know. If I don't think it'll be remembered in years to come as one of the greats, but it, you know, it did its job with making me laugh. Yeah, we wouldn't, we won't be rewatching this like we might rewatch Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so higher or lower than a previous film on trial, which was uh, sorry, Dave, Odd Thomas, which scored thirty eight percent. It's definitely higher than that. Response, <laughs> it's definitely higher than that. Yeah. Only because everything comes out of the gate higher. Okay, okay. <laughs> For no other reason. <laughs> what about this then? What about they change it up a bit? Higher or lower than Borat 1, which mm. on Rotten Tomatoes mm. has a critical response of 91 Oof. and an audience response of 79. I'm going to go for lower than that. That's surprisingly we? high. I'm going, to say, I'm going to say lower than that. I'm going to say lower. Yeah, you're all right. Uh, only just though for the first one, the critical response is 86%, which is very high, I think. Uh, but the audience one is a bit lower, 69% of uh, the audience. Uh, it's probably all Republicans giving it down votes. Uh, not surprised. Well, maybe that's honest. just like, you know, everybody's just balancing the votes to keep it at 69. <laughs> stop the counts. We should have stopped the counts when it was 100%. Um, right, okay, so, yeah, come on. Thank you very much, everyone. Oh, we didn't do any trivia. Anybody got any trivia about this film? Um, no. I, don't know. I, I did read a couple of things that, like, so there's a scene where he stays with a couple of um, sort of conspiracy theorist Republican voters uh, during COVID, and he genuinely did spend, spend, I think, about two weeks, maybe not as long as that, but a long amount of time in character 
under lockdown with these two guys. Uh, and there was also a bit as well, that scene that we alluded to earlier at the Republican Valley where he uh, appears with his daughter and Mike Pence is there. He waited for five hours in a bathroom dressed as President Trump for that exact moment. Um, so, you know, there's all the guff about, you know, uh, whoever was coming out speaking beforehand and music and whatever. So he had to wait five hours in that fat suit in a cubicle. <laughs> so, I mean, fair play to him, you know what I mean? Uh, he, he, he goes through a hell of a lot of pain to get the uh, to get his uh, joke at the end. Uh, anyway, right, so moving swiftly on. Uh, no caption contest this week because I forgot again. It's, I've been very busy. All right, get off my back. I'm, I'm renovating my kitchen at the moment. I spent all of my weekend painting and decorating. So please don't get angry. Yeah, sure. We haven't seen any pictures of this supposed kitchen. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a kitchen. It's not supposed. You know, like that's not the mystery. The mystery is whether I've decorated or not. <laughs> right. Anyway, so we picked the next film out, out of the hat, uh, and it is. The Secret Garden. It was the remake of The Secret Garden, the, the remake that's just come out now in the year 2020. So, yeah, we're going to be reviewing that. And the roles have also been picked out of the hat at random. So, in defense, is going to be myself. In the role of prosecution, it's going to be Dave and Ozzy. And in the role of judge, it's going to be Joel. Unfortunately, Alex, now I didn't mean unfortunately because Joel's going to be judge. And I was going to say, unfortunately, comma, Alex is not going to be with us again next week. But, it, you know, it's still going to be fun. Come on, guys. We still had a good time today, didn't we? It's not all about Alex. Anyway. Thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. If you like the episode, uh, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And why not leave us a lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts? I did just find out the other day that we have fallen out of the top 50 films and TV podcasts in Ghana. So Aww. I am quite annoyed by that. So hopefully if a few more five-star ratings can get us back into the top 50 That'll be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in <laughs> <laughs> as many years as possible. And check us out on Twitter at Film Trials or Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Films on Trial. So that is it. Borat, subsequent movie film, is a hit. And we are going to be deep in your ears next week with The Secret Garden. Goodbye. I don't know if we need to bleep your swearing or bleep your attempts at these things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's more offensive right now. <laughs>